Greetings, I'm Ellen Rohr. At Bare Bones Biz, we believe that your business can be a path to peace, prosperity, and freedom. Sound good? Great. Welcome to the Bare Bones Biz radio show. Hey, if you just want to make some more money, you've come to the right place too. On my show, I invite smart business builders to share success tips and tell their inspiring tales of challenge and triumph. So, saddle up, Biz Builder. The Bare Bones Biz Radio Show starts right now. Hey, welcome to the Bare Bones Biz Radio Show. It's your ever-professional host, Ellen Rohr. And if you're ready to make more money, you've come to the right place, and you've come to the right show. And Erica is one of my new heroes. I'm going to be introducing Erica Douglas today. Erica started a business when she was about... Oh, what, 12, 13 years old, Erica? Was that about it? <laughs> More like 20 years old. Okay, 20 you know? <laughs> years old. And then she sold this business for a million point one dollars. In fact, a million dollars over all debt that she owed on the company. So she cleared a million dollars in her first business sale. Now, that's reason enough to visit with her on the radio today. But she also started another business. And the second business is pretty exciting. It's all about increasing traffic to your website. I know I'm interested, which is why I've invited you to the show today, Erica. And if you're listening today, you should be interested too. Because, Erica, I mean no disrespect when I say this, okay? When you hear this, this might make you laugh. So just brace yourself. This is intended to be a compliment. But somebody told me once that if you find a way, uh, if you want to find, find an easy way to get a hard job done, give it to a lazy man. And that expression reminds me of you. And the reason why it reminds me of you is it seems to me that you have a knack for making easy things that most people think are really hard. That's my goal, yep. <laughs> okay, all right. So with no disrespect, you're calling you lazy, but the idea that I think you are willing to challenge the status quo that SEO has to be super complicated, super expensive, super hard to figure out, and uh, it seems to me that you've um, kind of made a, a career in your long, young life so far of making easy work out of hard jobs. And so that's another great reason to have you on our, our website today. So let me take care of a little housekeeping. Oh, man, we have tons of callers. This is so fun. If you've called in today, good for you, because you can ask a question by pressing the number one. So as Eric and I visit today, please interact with us. We totally love it. We're going to share. I've got a little agenda, and we're going to share um, what we know, and I'm going to do my best to ask good questions of Erica. But if you've got a question, take advantage of our time together. If you've called in, you can press the number one. Now, the switchboard looks pretty full. If you're listening on the Internet, you can't ask a question. I'm sorry. You could also try calling in and see if you can get in to ask a question if you'd like. But congratulations to those of you who've called in. You're in great position to ask a question. So, Erica, I will check now and then to see if someone's got their hand up and we'll, we'll uh, interrupt our story today to be accommodating. Fair enough? Sounds great to me. Okay. And then uh, Blog Talk Radio is a terrific medium, and this, phone, uh, this uh, radio show today is going to be recorded. You can always go back to blogtalkradio.com forward slash barebonesbiz. And this radio show and a host of others are available anytime. You can download it to your MP3. You can sign up to make it uh, to sign up for our, for our podcast and listen to radio shows that way, too. So we do our best to make uh, this information useful and convenient for you. So come back anytime, or spread the word and share it with friends and coworkers and uh, and other biz builders. 
All right, Erica, let's get going. I learned about you because you and I are both involved with a group called Make Mine a Million Dollar Company. Make Mine a Million Dot Org is the um, is the website address, and it's a, a women's group. Sorry, guys, but this this group is uh, for women who are interested in growing their companies to a million dollars in total sales. And my job with the group is to help them do so profitably. And I was certainly interested to hear about your story. Not only did you grow your company quite quickly, but you sold it for a million plus dollars. So why don't you share with us kind of a Reader's Digest version of your story and tell us the salient points of your story and how you came to be such a um, an amazing business builder and success coach. Okay, well, I'll give you the quick version of my story. So I started my business when I was 20 years old, and the way I started it always makes people laugh, so I'll go ahead and tell that. I was working <laughs> at a company called Cobalt Networks, which made little blue servers called Wraps. Uh, R-A-Q, that was our uh, trademark, our name for our little blue servers. And they were web servers that were really easy for people to use, and we sold a lot of them to web hosting companies. And I was in the IT department, and I also really understood how to fix computers and servers. So what I found out was that every once in a while they would dump the old servers that they weren't using anymore, and they would you know, just kind of throw them away. Well, I literally dug them out of the trash and fixed them. I had access to the labs where we had all the diagnostic servers and things like that where I could log on and see what was wrong with them and fix them. And at that point, Cobalt didn't have a refurbished, certified refurbished program, so I became an eBay vendor <laughs> and sold the refurbished <laughs> servers on eBay. <laughs> and I was making more money selling a couple servers a month on eBay because they went for almost $2,000 each, and then I was in my job. <laughs> so the CEO of the company found out and wasn't very happy that I was doing this and said, hey, you know, we're going to start a certified refurbished program, so first of all, we're not going to be throwing these away anymore, and secondly, you're kind of undermining us by selling our servers on eBay, because people would normally <laughs> buy them new, but then they'll buy them from you on eBay instead. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I had to stop selling them on eBay. That was the requirement in order for me to keep my job. <laughs> now I hope your so boss deciding... embraced. I hope your boss embraced your entrepreneurial enthusiasm. <laughs> well, he was amused and miffed at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I so... think that's pretty cool. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, well, it was a really good income stream for me. It helped me pay off all my credit card debt and actually get a little cash savings. Uh, and so. I had to stop selling them on eBay, so, but I, I kept collecting them. And at this point, people knew I was doing something with them. I don't think they knew I was selling them on eBay. So they kept giving me ones that were broken. And so I accumulated like this stack of like eight servers in my cubicle, and I didn't really know what to do with them. So Cobalt got bought out by Sun Microsystems, and I didn't enjoy working at a big company. So I decided that I was going to start a web hosting slash web design company, you know, it really, like this was in 2001, so it wasn't like web hosting and web design were that much different at that point. I think now they've more separated a little bit. And so I found a local data center in San Francisco that would co-locate my servers for me. Co-locate just means I put my servers in their building, had access to their network, things like that. And so I put two servers in there, and I set up a little website, and started my web hosting company. I didn't get my website up until 2002, although I officially 
claim the start date of my company as 2001 when I knew things in the data center because I was already picking up customers from Craigslist and the like without even having a website. So I set everything up and I was like, okay, now I'm going to pretty much just make enough money to pay off my cable bill. That was really the big goal for my web hosting company. I really thought that what I was going to do was end up being like a web design, a consultant type of person and web development type of person. So I started building back ends for websites. Uh, something like what WordPress is today is I built out a system that, that was like that back in 2002. And but the web hosting company grew much more quickly than the content management system side of the company. So in 2004, I realized that my web hosting company was making more money, so I decided to quit all of my consulting jobs and do web hosting full-time. And in 2005, I hired my first employee, who was a year older than I was, and had just graduated from college. <laughs> and he had a computer science degree, and I taught him how to build servers, how to put Linux on them, how to work with customers. And he you know, became like a really great employee for my company. Then I hired more people, but the problem was I wasn't keeping track of the financials very well. I had failed accounting in college before I ended up dropping out of college. <laughs> And so the company nearly crashed and burned. So by the May of 2007, we were in pretty deep trouble. We owed like $120,000 to various vendors and, and on credit lines and loans and things like that. And we were making, the good news was we were making about $700,000 a year and a company, but we were spending more money than we were making. So there was a problem. So the unfortunate day came where one of our vendors, our, our data center company, locked us out of the data center because we owed them $60,000. And I had to make a really big decision. So I was, you know, this is probably the worst day of my life. Laid off most of my staff, save for one full-time employee, one part-time employee, and me. And then sat down, had a meeting with my remaining staff, which was incredibly difficult. There were lots of tears on all sides and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to double, triple, quadruple, whatever it takes our customers' rates to make this company profitable. And if we lose half of our customers but we've doubled everybody's rate, then that's a win for us because it will reduce our costs and we'll still be making the same amount of money. And that was kind of like my goal. Okay, we'll lose half of their customers, but we'll double the amount of money. Well, in all reality, what happened was that 95% of our customers stayed with us. And so that was a really eye-opening experience for me, and it really made me realize that maybe web hosting, a very ridiculously competitive industry with over 20,000 other companies, wasn't as much about price for a lot of our customers as it was great service, people who are local, people who you know you can come into our office and like hang out with us and answer, we'll answer your questions for you, things like that that you wouldn't normally expect with a web hosting company. There aren't very many people in this world who can say, hey, I've met the CEO of my web hosting company in person, and I've hung out at their offices, and, you know, I've worked there. We had a cubicle where people could work. They gave me coffee. <laughs> so that was the kind of company that we were. Okay, and now, Erica, let me interrupt you just a second. I want to just do a little more housekeeping. Some folks have signed up. Uh, sign on to the, the switchboard and, and uh, clicked on uh, since we started. This is Ellen Rohr at the Bare Bones Biz Radio Show, and today's topic is how to increase traffic to your website. And I've asked Erica to share her story before we jump into the topic because so much of your story is appropriate to doing business. So here you are in uh, the Internet world and you're offering web hosting, but what I'm hearing are really great, intuitive, old-school ways 
to stop the bleeding and fix your company, and as you're going to hear in just a moment, turning this company around to the point where you could sell it for over a million dollars. So we'll get to increasing traffic, but I love that your story is so in, engaging and um, I want to say educational, like uh, Homer Simpson says, as far as what you did that would apply to anyone's business. So thanks for uh, sharing this piece of the puzzle. So now you've you've done the tough stuff. You've um, raised your prices. You've cut expenses, and you're starting to see a turnaround in the uh, in the uh, sales and profitability of your company. Now, now what happened? Exactly. So we quickly became a very profitable hosting company, and it got to the point where we were making. Um, you know, I was living on a bare minimum amount of money, and so was my employee. He had agreed to reduce his salary in exchange for equity in the company because I told him we were going to sell within the next 12 to 18 months. So now we had about $15,000 a month in pure profit, which I used to quickly pay down our debt. So then we were rapidly paying down our debt when I was approached by a hosting company owner in the same building. Actually, I approached him because we needed more space because we were signing up new customers even though our rates were higher. And I said, look, you know, this is how fast we're growing um, and we would love some extra space. We couldn't get it directly from the data center because they were too busy selling ridiculously overpriced space to other startup companies. So <laughs> so I approached another, another hosting company owner. His name was Bruce and we ended up sitting down for lunch and lunch spanned like four hours because we're both very talkative people. And we really just, you know, it's, it's fun to talk with other company owners in your same industry. I've never viewed other company owners in the same industry, by the way, as real competitors. Sure, I'm a very competitive person, but I find that it's often more likely that you can work together with them than it is to, like, view them as, like, mortal enemies. <laughs> so as Ruth nice said, idea. Well, yes, it's very important. That's an extremely important idea. And so Bruce said, well, would you be interested in selling your company since He's seen our growth and revenue numbers. And I said, no, not at this point. Um, but it wasn't very much longer. I thought I was going to wait until, this was in 2007. I thought I was going to wait until 2008 to sell the company. Because by then, we would have all of our debt paid off, and we would be very profitable, et cetera, et cetera. So um, a month later, I came back to Bruce, and he said, you know what? Now I'm ready to sell the company. And he said, wait a minute. I thought you wanted to wait another year. And I said, yeah. I was having personal issues at that point. I was really sick all the time. And also I felt like the economy was about ready to peak. So there were two big reasons why I sold the business, but the majority of it was, was personal reasons. And then certainly the economy was a factor. It felt like it was getting kind of bubbly. This wasn't, this wasn't, I sold the company in September 2007. <laughs> so it really was. I did sell it like within three weeks of the stock market peak, actually. So anyway, Bruce said, well, how much do you want to sell it for? And I said, not a penny less than $1.1 million. <laughs> and he looked kind of surprised. And then he said, okay, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make it work. And I was happy. And, and we did figure out how to make it work. So, so Bruce is, you know, pays over a three-year period, which uh, just ended actually. And he agreed, we, I agreed to owner finance 999000 of the $1.1 million, And he paid 100000 up front. And then a couple extra thousand was in, like, equipment and things like that that I now own, things like my desk chair <laughs> and a couple <laughs> of servers. <laughs> so um, that's the story of how I sold my last business. And this is all by the, the, 
This is all by the ripe old age of 26 years old. Yeah, and I think this is so much fun. And I think this is important because you take this same philosophy to your latest business, um, um, Wish Traffic, and we're going to talk about Wish Traffic a little bit, but you find an easy way to get the job done, and you're also really clear on your intention, not a penny less than a million dollars. So you know, I think your story is so interesting on so many levels. Absolutely, we want to talk about search engine optimization and all those groovy things to get more traffic to our site. I think, Erica, Erica you have so much to share on so many levels. So if you have a question for Erica, and you have called in, all you have to do is press the number one, and that will cue you up on my switchboard, and I'll be uh, ready to interrupt Erica as she progresses on with her story. So as you um, you retired for about 15, 20 minutes, is that what happened <laughs> yeah, next? actually, I took some time <laughs> off. I was still really sick. I didn't. I thought it was all in my head. I, at this point, I was completely convinced that, that what was wrong with me, being tired all the time, I was sleeping like 12 to 15 hours a day, and it was continually getting worse. And I thought it was burnout. I really was I was convinced that it was psychological. But it wasn't until 2009 that I finally realized that I needed to find out what this was and that it wasn't psychological. So in uh, it took several months for doctors to run a series of tests and figure out that I had celiac disease which is not a, not an allergy, but it's an autoimmune response to when you eat wheat, oats, barley, or rye. And it's a very hard disease to diagnose because the symptoms are so different in everybody who has it. So my symptoms were I was exhausted constantly. I just felt sick all the time. I was grumpy. I was not a very pleasant person to be around. I was tired. Well, you sound like you've and recovered I, because you're adorable on this call. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I've been gluten-free now. Gluten-free is a term for not eating anything with wheat, with barley or rye in it for a little over a year. And um, I have recovered, and it's great. It's, it's a difficult diet, I will say that much. But certainly I feel like a normal person again, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> oh, good for you. And, you know, there is a friend of ours through Make Mine a Million, Mary Ardapple, who specializes in gluten-free uh, uh, bakery items. So there's more and more choices and for you these easy. days. <laughs> And her stuff is yes. good, yay. Okay, it's shout really out to I've ordered a lot of stuff from her. <laughs> yay. All right, well, I'm glad that you're feeling better, and I'm so excited that you're back in business. So tell us about your, your latest venture. Well, before we jump okay. into that, you know, let me, let, me, let me create a different transition for us here. Because you have started a business, but I see that there's a depth to your offering that goes beyond just, oh, here's some search engine optimization uh, offerings. You seem to have really keyed in on what makes people or, or some of the tips that you can give to entrepreneurs to be more successful, and that's part of your overall offering, not just search engine optimization. So perhaps talk about talk to us a little bit about that. If you're if you want to follow along, by the way, with my line of questioning at barebonesbiz.com, that's my website, barebonesbiz.com, on the radio show page. I've got Erica's adorable picture, and then we've got a couple of bullet points that I wanted to make sure that I brought up during our conversation today. But talk to us then about becoming successful before we jump into search engine optimization. Um, sure. What would you like me to talk about in particular? <laughs> I've got I've got to note three basic factors that make people successful. <laughs> oh, okay. I did write about that. So the, the first. <laughs> no problem. The first okay. major thing. I started off a little goofy today, so just thanks for hanging on, hanging with me. No worries. 
So, okay, there are three basic factors that make people successful. And the reason I started my blog, which is at erica.biz, that's E-R-I-C-A dot B-I-Z, um, definitely go check it out if you are interested in starting or growing your own business. And the reason I started my blog was because I really wanted to uncover what makes some people successful while most people fail. And I, I wanted to get my story out there, too, but really, why is it that I was so successful when most people who start businesses in any industry don't make it? And I discovered a lot of things, both from my blog and working with a lot of people who emailed me, who you know asked me about doing some consulting for them. So I've done a lot of work with other entrepreneurs. And the first thing is, you've really got to be persistent. And you've got to make sure that you are focused on the path that you want. What I mean is you don't jump around and every week you try something new. <laughs> the really big way of making a successful business is to persist when others have given up. Most people start a blog, but they give up after, I would say, a month, <laughs> maybe uh -huh. six weeks if you're lucky. Most people start businesses and they hop around from business idea to business idea. They're very unfocused. And so... A, a focus on what you want to achieve with your business and then single-mindedly going after that one thing is very, very important. So that's the first one. And the second one is, and it goes along with the first one, is you've got to listen to some people and filter out the others. You've got to filter out the critics, especially the anonymous ones if you're on the Internet who love to attack you and your website. You know, mm -hmm. and they just say, this sucks, you suck, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> things like that, you can easily filter out those people. And, and sometimes it gets a little more challenging. Like if somebody you don't know sends you a nasty email saying that they don't appreciate what you're doing, it can be a little difficult. So filtering those people out, realizing that you're not going to attract everybody is very, very important. But for those who matter, for people like your customers, your readers, and, and some people will get this reference, your thousand true fans, Listening to those people becomes very important. Those are the people who can give, kind of give you a wake-up call and say, hey, maybe this isn't the right thing for you. Or they're the first ones to step up and say, congratulations, you're doing really well when things are working out. So trying to figure out who matters and who doesn't is really important. And then and the you third call those, and final thing. Let me interrupt you a second ahead. just to make sure I heard you okay. So you call those your, your, your thousand true believers? What's the expression you used? The 1,000 True Fans, and if you Google that, you'll find fans. an excellent blog post by another guy, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name, who who wrote a, a great blog about 1,000 True Fans. So definitely read that post, and it's really, really good. It's not That's not my quote, but it's I use it all the time because it's, so, it's such a great concept. Well, I want uh, to underline what you're saying here a little bit, because while we're talking about um, you know, we're, we're segueing to increasing traffic to the website, and we're talking about business basics in general. And what you have is is valid for online businesses as well as brick and mortar businesses. And most of the people on our radio show today are going to be brick and mortar businesses who are interested in making more of an online presence. I think there's a parallel between these thousand true fans, and I love that concept online, to the maybe hundred or dozen true fan customers that you might have in your service industry too. But this idea of really paying attention to the few folks who love you and who will sing your praises and call you on stuff that doesn't work, I think is a huge um, point worth underlining there. So thanks for letting me interrupt you. 
That's okay. And if you get somebody who says, well, I think your service is stupid and I would never pay for it, that's fine. You're, you know, it's, it's totally okay to get comments like that. And it's totally okay, by the way, too, to get a lot of comments saying, wow, I would really like your service, but it's too expensive. Don't feel the need to discount yourself because of these people. I mean, I really I want to get those because if I'm not getting those, then I'm not priced well enough. <laughs> and so okay. that's an important point I had to learn with my other business as well. So, all right, so did we cover all three factors? Okay, the third factor. There's one more, and that is you've got to create on a consistent basis. Whether it's you're writing a blog, you've got to write consistently. If it's you're, you're running a business, you've got to be out there selling consistently, marketing consistently. Whatever the back-end development of your business entails consistently or hiring people to do so, sitting on Twitter is not business. Sitting on Facebook is not business. <laughs> Emailing potential customers is business. Calling potential customers is business. <laughs> Working with your existing customers is business. Um, you know, Talking about your latest status update or what you had for lunch is not business. Watching TV is not business. Really understanding like what is business, which is basically customer development, and what is not business, which is basically everything else, <laughs> is very important. I see a lot of people like, well, you know, I started a new business the other day, and I say, great, what did you do? Well, I set up a website, I set up a blog, I set up a Twitter and a Facebook, and I don't have any customers yet. And I said, did you talk to any potential customers? Well, I tweeted about it. <laughs> well, of course, but your friends from high school in 1984 are probably not going to be your potential customers, and that's perfectly okay. <laughs> but you've got to find out who your potential customers are and go talk to them instead of just tweeting about it passively and hoping that somebody will show up at your door. <laughs> okay, that's well, that, that marks a good segue then. Let's start getting into today's topic, how to increase traffic to your website. If you called in, raise your hand as we progress by uh, pressing the number one. And let's talk about five surefire ways to increase traffic to your website. What do you suggest? Okay, so let's start with an easy one, which is create content that people want. <laughs> and creating content that people want means, first of all, that the content is not going to be all about you. It may be about you, but it needs to be able to be generalized into a story that people can understand. You know, if your dog threw up on the floor last night, that may not be an interesting blog post. But if your dog threw up on the floor last night, and you can equate that to the feeling that makes you want to throw up whenever your customers do something silly, and people will identify with that feeling, then that may be an interesting blog post. So it's about, you know, creating things that people want, and, and creating content, too, that will drive people into your site. It's difficult these days to put up a website and just have people show up at your door. It is, you know, I'm not sure it was ever the case that that was an easy thing to do, but it's certainly not today. There are millions of websites out there. They're all doing something, and you've got to know what people want and be able to easily articulate it in a form of content. It's, it's much easier, too, to drive traffic to content than it is to drive traffic to a sales letter, or your, or your sales website. So consider adding a content piece to your site. If you're just running a site that's all about your business, you know, you don't have to set up a blog and blog every week, but maybe writing a couple of articles probably wouldn't hurt. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is use the Google Keyword Tool so that you know what people want. For instance, the last blog post I wrote last week was all about how to get people to become interested in your business by refining your 30-second pitch. And 
I mean that probably people were typing something like that in, and I've heard people call it an elevator pitch, an elevator speech, 30-second pitch. You know, a, there's, there's a whole bunch of different names for it. So I went to the free Google Keyword Tool, which you can get to by going to Google Keyword Tool. Just type that into Google. And the first result is this free tool, and it tells you what people are typing into Google, which I use for everything. <laughs> Every time I write a blog post, Every time I work on a new website, anything like that, I use that tool. So I typed in a couple of different names, like elevator pitch and elevator speech. And I found out that several thousand more people were typing in elevator pitch than were typing in elevator speech. And this is great data. So I made the title of my post include the word elevator pitch, um, which you'll see if you if you uh, look at the top of your web browser when you go to the page on my site. I included elevator pitch, the, that phrase, in the first sentence of my post. I included elevator pitch toward the end of my post. Um, I included elevator pitch in some of the comments I wrote on the post. People comment on the post and then I reply. And so now I'm going to start doing the next thing on that post, which is backlink building to it, to ensure that it will go up in the rankings in Google. So okay, now let me let me slow you is, down a little bit because I want sure. to uh, recap and make sure we're on the same page with this. You talk fast. You have recovered really well. <laughs> <laughs> you have a ton of energy, but let me make sure I get this. So if you do um, uh, uh, consistently create content that's going to be of service to people on your website. Let's say we've got a lot of folks who are, a lot of people in my uh, community, Erica, are home service people. So suppose I'm a carpet cleaner. I thought about that when you said my dog threw up on the rug. So that's perfect. <laughs> so you want to put up some content and you want to then engage them with your personality, that a blog is a good way to do both so that you can add a human element to the content by talking about your life or what's going on, but in such a way that is relevant and of service to folks who may find your website. And one way to get them to that particular blog or, or article or piece of content on your website is to pay attention to Google Keywords and to go to Google and type in Google Keywords Tools, and then it will tell you yeah. what people are searching based on what you have intended to talk about. Exactly. Am I capturing this? So yeah, so you want to find out, you know, you probably have a general idea of what you want to talk about. Like I knew I wanted to talk about how to improve your 30-second pitch. I just wasn't right. sure what people were calling it. Like what do they, you know, do they type in elevator pitch, elevator speech, something different entirely? And the Google Keyword Tool tells you not only what they're typing in but how often they're typing it in. So you can easily then figure out, okay, I need to be making this about elevator pitch versus elevator speech. And so to make sure I'm capturing this then, so if I were going to talk about getting dog <laughs> dog puke out of my carpet, then I might search, you know, um, uh, pet stains or see what people are searching with Google, um, Google keyword tools and then make reference to that exact phrase when I'm talking about how I got it out of the carpet. Yeah, exactly. And also for this one, you'd want to know, are they typing in puke or barf or throw up? That's or, what I'm after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, that is a really great tip. All right, so yeah. how else can we, how else can, um, uh, we uh, uh, get some more traffic? Okay, so once you found out the word that you want to optimize for or a phrase that you want to optimize for, once you know, like, okay, now I know elevator pitch is what I want to optimize for, then 
you you need to incorporate that into your into your post or article. And keep in mind for those of you who are running services businesses and have no desire to write blog posts every week, I totally understand. Just make this a few articles on your site, and you don't you know it doesn't have to have a date on it. It doesn't have to be updated every week. Just write a few articles on your site that will help drive traffic to your site because Google and other search engines they love content, and it's much easier to give them good content when you've written a whole article about how to do something. So that's my tip. And right. so on your article or your blog post, you really got to work it in. Work it into the title. Work it into the beginning of your post. Work it into the end of your post. And, and use that phrase. You know, don't, don't sound like a robot. Don't use elevator pitch or dog barf in every sentence. <laughs> you just got to work it in there so that it, you work it in at the beginning and the end and the title of your post. And so that's a basically like there are a couple more tips, but that's basically what you have to do to you know get Google to recognize that this is what you're writing about. And then from there, it's all about getting links from other sites to your site, which is probably the most challenging and annoying part of search engine optimization, which is you know getting other people to link to your site. And here's the big tip when it comes to getting links from other people's sites to your site, which is don't have them link with your site name. For instance, if I want to link to your site, Ellen, I might say Ellen Hoare at Barebones Biz. And you know the underlying text might be Barebones Biz. Well, what Google is doing is it's looking at the text I'm using to link to your site. For instance, in your case, Barebones Biz. And it's counting that text as a vote for your site for those keywords in Google. So what it's doing is it's saying, oh, your site is about bare bones biz because my site that linked to your site says so. So the reason you want to write these articles is you want to get people to link to your site with the keywords that you're optimizing for. And you'll notice people people gain this all the time. They'll start businesses like you know besthousecleaning.net, <laughs> and so that way when people type in best house cleaning. It's in their domain name, so Google ranks that site a little bit higher than it would otherwise. And you can kind of take advantage of this by asking people to link to your site, but have them not link to your home page. Have them link to the article on how to clean up dog puke and title that link, <laughs> How to Clean Up Dog Puke. And then that way when people Google How to Clean Up Dog Puke, then your article gets a little bit of a boost from that link from another site. Does that make so sense? You want, you, well, I, I've heard of this before where you want to take a couple of intuitive search engine phrases and get URLs that duplicate that search activity. Like if I wanted to look up a carpet cleaning company in Utica, I would put carpet mm -hmm. cleaner in Utica and get carpetcleaneranutica.com as a URL that might point to my site, my homepage, or a different um, uh, link on my site. So yeah, you're saying and, that just and Google is counting those right now really heavily. Um, so for now, that's a really good strategy. I think that will probably change in the next 6 to 12 months as Google relies a lot more on the links that people generate from their page to your page than on the keywords in your domain name. But it's working right now. I, I've used that for some niche sites that I run, and it works great. <laughs> let, me, let me clarify this, though, just to make sure I'm, I'm copying it. So if you make reference to, say, um, 
a carpet. I, I met a guy who's a carpet cleaner in Utica, and you just write that in your blog. Is that something that Google will pick up as a vote for that guy's website, even if it's just written in text, or does it have to be um, displayed as a URL? It has to be displayed as a link. So it's just okay. the text is, you know, the blue underlined text that you can click on to go to his site. Then that's what Google is counting as a vote. If you just write about him and don't under you know don't link the text then it's okay. not an account. So okay, that's so that what's going count. on. It's it's the text that you use it's the text that you blue underline on your blog that's counting for the link for the other site, basically. In in techie terms it's called the anchor text of the link. So um, you can throw anchor text into a search engine and then you'll get lots of information. <laughs> Oh, so type anchor text in to learn more about this. So this, that's yeah, kind of exactly. a good tip right there. Is that is that how you learned it? That you would go on Google and just search the the term that you heard about and see what it says about what it does for you? Yeah, I do that a lot. I've been uh, my first job was in the SEO industry in 1997. So I'm pretty, you know, this was well before Google existed. So I'm pretty familiar with this stuff. But yes, if you're learning it today, that's absolutely a great idea, and anchor text you'll find out is just the text that you use to link to other people's sites. And sometimes, like on your Twitter profile, it is just like HTTP colon slash slash your site. If you go to anybody's Twitter profile, and there's a bio link over there on the right, or a, excuse me, a URL link, and it just HTTP colon slash slash, so that doesn't really give you any Google juice to your site to create a Twitter profile. So... I got lost on that one a little bit. Okay, it, it, don't worry about okay, it. Say that, okay, don't worry about that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Some of this is going over my head. If you've got a question, go ahead I know. and press number sometimes one. I get, sometimes well, I get all techy on people. <laughs> we count on you for that, honey. That's part of it. That's part of your charm. Let me talk about uh, um, though. What would be the point of linking to other people's site? Do they reciprocate by linking on yours? I mean, what kind of um, scratch my back, you scratch um, your back, or you know what I'm saying? We scratch each other's back. Kind of action can you get from linking to one another's sites? It depends. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's a it's a big question, and it depends a lot on how popular your site is or how popular their site is. And the answer is that there is some pretty good value in doing reciprocal linking. But if neither of your sites is very popular and they're both brand new and don't and don't have a whole lot of Google love, <laughs> I'm trying to avoid the techie terms here. Um, <laughs> Google love. I like Google love. <laughs> yeah. In techie terms, if their page rank is zero, then it's not going to give you a lot of good Google juice, but you could ignore the techie part. So you're going to have to get, in other words, you're going to have to get a lot of links from other people's sites in order to boost your site's search engine rankings. And so that's where link building services come in. And if, if by the way, if you're listening to this show and you're listening to me and you're thinking, geez, I don't understand any of this stuff, you know, you can feel free to shoot me an email at erica at erica.biz. If I get enough emails, I may write a whole blog post explaining. So I'm happy to help explain any of this. <laughs> well, let's talk about whoosh traffic because this is something, and I, I was excited to, uh, we um, signed up for your service, and I would like to learn a little bit more about what whoosh traffic does because it sounds like 
it's a really neat way to enhance what we're already doing to increase search engine optimization to our site by uh, subbing out to you some of the link building uh, uh, capacity, right? Right. So, so why don't you describe which traffic so I know what I signed up for? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we take all the pain out of requesting links from other websites. So okay. what we do is um, you, you sign up with us. It's at W-H-O-O-S-H, whooshtraffic.com. So whooshtraffic.com. Take a look at the site. And basically you sign up with us and you submit you know, your website plus a keyword or two or three that you may be interested in ranking for. And our staff actually goes through, make sure that you're going to be able to rank for those keywords um, bad keywords to choose include things like weight loss <laughs> and website design because those are really hard keywords to rank for. Good keywords include things local things like St. Louis website design, Chicago website design, or you can local keywords like that, or you can do things with articles like I'm ranking number one right now for the keywords how to make money blogging on Google. Uh, that's a popular one. So you can kind of go different ways with that. Uh, but it's much easier to rank for something like how to make money blogging than it is for the more popular keyword, make money online. So that's what we do. And then what we do is we send this out, and our staff members, we have, we have five full-time people working at Woosh Traffic right now, and three of them are what we call our ninjas, and they are full-time staff members of our company to go out to other sites, and they put your link on those sites, and they use that anchor text so that your link looks like you know, how to make money blogging, and then links to your site. And that's what they do. They go out on our, our beta plan right now that we're in beta for the next, about the next 10 days. <laughs> our beta plan right now is $97 a month, and it includes 80 links from other sites to your site. And in our system, once you sign up as a client, we have a tracking feature that actually shows you how well you're ranking for that search term now, and then as we build links for you, your rank goes up. So it works let me really, let me ask really you a question well. now. This is a non this is a non techie asking this question, of course. Okay. How do you get your links on someone else's site without them knowing? And ninja just sounds like such a funny word. Do you really sneak onto their site and plunk plunk down an anchor anchor? <laughs> yeah, we kind of do actually. Um, most of the sites that we use, we have a database of just about two thousand sites right now, and most of the sites that we use are forms and particularly the forms that allow you to create a profile. You know, you sign up for an account. I'm sure you've probably done this before at some, at some website. You sign up for an account and you, there like, might be a field there where you can type in your URL. Well, some of those fields allow you to not just put your website address in there, but actually to anchor that website address in certain text. So that's the type of sites that we look for. And then we send those sites out once we've built them. We send them out to various social media sites so that uh, Google will find them and index them, and then your search engine rankings go up. So that's kind so of the, you, how it works the, on so the So Wish Traffic kind of does that on steroids. You can supplement that by also going out to forums and appropriate places where your voice might be of service and participate in forums like that. Would that be another way to just enhance sure. it? Okay, so that, that makes sense too. That would be a great too. idea. <laughs> Okay, because yeah. this is something, but I can see that that's always on my list of things to do, but Michelle and John pick on me because that's usually the thing that gets bumped to tomorrow. I run out of time. Uh -huh. for. So I can mm -hmm. see that uh, I'm glad that we, <laughs> we 
point. <laughs> but I can see also how that's a really intuitively good way to get your voice out, and who knows who else might be listening or think your comment is relevant and fun and pass your comment along to someone else or, or uh, put it on their own site. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. It's all, it's all about creating good content and good relationships. And, I mean, relationships are the foundation of business. The more people you know, the more likely it is that you'll have a successful business. And it's not just people that you know, but it's people who would feel comfortable recommending you to their friends. And, you know, I've developed a good reputation with my blog. So when it comes to me launching a new service, lots of people sign up and try it out because I've developed such a good reputation that they know I'm not going to be doing anything sleazy. I'm not going to be, you know, having a giant scam that doesn't work or something like that. I've built a lot of trust in my community. So that's an important piece of this whole thing. So that's just uh, something that's going to remain, whether it's brick and mortars or an Internet business. There are some – this is what I like so much about your approach, Erica, is that it's just good business. It's not good Internet business. It's good business all the way around. Yeah. I, I appreciate yep. your approach that way. That's also re- reassuring for folks like me who are old enough to be your mother – so that, you know, sometimes this seems so intimidating and you wonder if the rules for the game are actually that much uh, different. And you hope that they're not, and they're really not. You're all about relationship building, even though these relationships have a different color and, and flavor to them because they're online-based. Yeah. Very good. And, okay, on the on the, the bullets that we have here, this is something we work out before we get our radio show together, and we ask Erica to uh, suggest a couple of uh, topics for us to talk about. And one thing you suggested is the number one thing you should be doing to increase traffic to your website. Have you touched on it already? Do you want to underline it a little bit right now? Yeah, the number one thing you can be doing to increase traffic to your website is to focus on search engine optimization on your site. And and this may sound a little self-serving, but it's not. Frankly, focusing on search engine optimization is a, is a huge thing. And it, not huge as in terms of intimidating, but in huge as in there's a lot more to do than just, you know, buy our service or whatever. And because Google is really a huge source of traffic to your site and understanding what queries people type into Google and then optimizing your site for those queries and then building links to your site with those queries embedded is really the three-step process to getting massive amounts of traffic from Google. Just to give you some idea, my own site gets about 40% of its traffic from Google, and we get over 14,000 visitors a month from Google alone. Um, and some of the search queries that Google that people type in to come to my site, up to 7% of those people opt in to my email list. So it's a great way for me to build my email list, which is how I make money by sending out, sometimes sending out promotions to my email list. I try to keep it minimal, but maybe once every four to six weeks I'll send out a promotion of a product that I really enjoy, and that's how my blog makes a, a substantial amount of money. So it's for me, search engine optimization frees me from the obligation of having to write content all the time in order to keep my traffic numbers high. Because instead of having to write content all the time, I write what's called evergreen content, which means content that can be applied at any time. It's, it's not time sensitive. And then optimize it so that it gets great rankings for keywords that people type in a lot <laughs> on a regular basis. And keywords that probably aren't going to go away, go away anytime soon, like how to make money blogging. And then mm-hmm. people come, they type in those keywords, they come to my site, they join my email list, and then some percentage of them buy a product. And that's how I make my money. 
And that's um, now, really what I you, recommend. And you started, I mean, th- those numbers are, are pretty uh, terrific. Um, when did you start this late, where did, when did you start Erica.biz? I started it in December 2007, so a few months after I sold my business. And I was already writing a blog at that point, but I changed my old blog over to Erica.biz and bought that domain name in December 2007. So, and then I've been, that's really too when I changed the focus of my blog from just something that I did personally for friends and didn't care about search engine optimization to something that I wanted to grow into a large community of small business owners, and that's where it is now. And you're you're a serial entrepreneur because I remember saying to you, um, are you planning to sell a business again? And you said, well, Erica.biz is going to stick around, but other uh, companies that you develop, like with traffic perhaps, may be your, uh, your next uh, uh, build-to-sell venture. Yes, exactly, and that's why I didn't name it like Erica.biz Traffic Service. <laughs> I want to keep my blog separate from my businesses. My blog is its own entity. It's also its own corporation, and my businesses are a different corporation. So that's how I worked that out, too. Well, another another point worth uh, reinforcing in our conversations is that you're really clear that you build businesses to serve you and that these businesses are not you and that you don't confuse your identity with Wish Traffic, for instance, or your um, hosting service. And that I, I really applaud that because I think a lot of people build a business and then get too invested in the um, relationship between that business and their identity and they don't know that it's something that they could release or let go or actually um, use to uh, enhance their lives. Instead, they sacrifice their life for that business. And I think I, I like the way that you approach this with some perspective. So good for yeah. you. Thanks. <laughs> so what's next uh, What's next for you? Anything else you'd like to share with us before we wrap up our call today? Well, for me, I'm working full-time on whoosh traffic, probably more than full-time at this point, honestly. Um, this time I have a lead developer slash co-founder, Parnell, and he's here in San Diego as well. So he and I you know, brainstorm a lot on what's going to be next for our service. I think we're probably going to launch at least one other way to get uh, more links back to your website next year. As to what that is, it will probably be determined by a survey of our existing customers and what they want and then what can be profitable for us. So in the meantime, we'll, of course, keep doing this, and I'll continue writing on my blog. And that's really where I want to be right now. I love building and growing a business. I love getting customers, working with customers, and that's where I see myself for, you know, the foreseeable future. So I'm I'm having a blast. <laughs> well, and, and two, the algorithms that Google uses change. So you have to stay abreast of that as well, right? Because like you said, they're going to figure correct. out whatever anyone is doing to maximize the results on Google, and then they're going to change the game up on us, aren't they? I would suspect they will at some point, yeah. And we're going to keep we're going to keep really up to date on that. That's a very important part of our business. We realize we're in a fast-moving industry where things could turn on a dime. So we're definitely attending all of the search engine optimization conferences and reading a lot of the industry blogs and keeping a very close eye on the industry. That's what I consider to be part of my job as well. Well, um, I'm just, I tell you my... (laughs) 
My internet uh, savvy today seems to be getting goofy. My website just crashed for Blog Talk Radio. Oh, no. so I was going to see if we had any questions, but I've got a blank screen on my computer right now. Ooh. So make sure you contact Erica. Erica.biz is her absolutely fantastic blog. And it's exciting to have you on today, not just for the great information you shared about increasing website traffic, but also your perspective on business. You know, some of my clients, you know, they're in plumbing and we get to panic when copper moves to plastic pipe. What's changing right. in your business is happening so fast that everything you know could be obsolete six months from now, and yet it, it still seems like a fun and exciting game for you, not one that stresses you out and makes you want to um, uh, stick your head in the sand, but one that makes you want to embrace the changes and uh, keep making money and uh, developing businesses. So I'm so glad to be one of your clients, and I'm excited for us to develop Wish Traffic. And I took a bunch of notes of things that uh, Michelle and John will be happy that I'm going to commit to in terms of adding content and blogging with a little more frequency <laughs> on my own blog. I have been I have been challenged. Hey, we do have a question. Can I put you uh, Can I put you on the air for just a moment? I'm going to open up this uh, this caller and dear caller, your phone number. Ends in zero two seven three. Would you like to ask a question? Can you hear us, Erica? Can you still hear me? Yep, I can. Okay, I don't know. I'm just having some uh, internet challenges. <laughs> hey, are you there? Zero two seven three. Oh, I hear you. Go ahead and ask a question of Miss Erica. Or not. I don't know. I think it's just me over here today, and I apologize for um, for my uh, uh, challenges. You know, sometimes I think the two of us gave off a lot of energy today, and I think sometimes my equipment's a little sensitive to that. Do you think that could be true, or am I just making things up because I don't know what I'm talking about as far as this tech I stuff think goes? True. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are an absolute peach, and so I'm going to let you go, Erica. Thanks for being uh, a part of our community, Erica. Biz is how you can find Erica, and be sure to check in at barebonesbiz.com, where we help you start, fix, and grow a winning business of your own. We love helping you make more money and bringing great, smart guests to the party. Oh, you know what? I'm going to try this one more time. Okay, dear caller, you've got your hand up. Ah, it, I, I don't know if I did it in time before it crashed. Oh, well. All right. Well, I better let you go. Before okay. something blows up over here, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening into Blog Talk Radio, and we'll see you next week. I have one of my best friends in the whole world. Dan Hollihan is, is uh, going to talk about reading and writing for fun and profits, and you know that ties into writing a blog. If you're going to write something, wouldn't it be a good idea to be clever and authentic, and Dan Hollihan is the absolute master. He's taught me how to uh, make a career out of writing, and I'm so happy he did. So Dan Hollihan is going to certainly improve blogging skills as well as uh, everything else that uh, has to do with words. So join us next week. Michelle will uh, send the update out, and in the in the meantime, we wish you love, Pete's lots of money and the freedom that caused you to start your business in the first place. Hey, thanks, Miss Erica, for joining me. Thank you so much, Ellen. Have a great afternoon.
Oh no, we're out of time. Thanks to my super smart guest, and thank you for joining us. You can listen in again at blogtalkradio.com slash barebonesbiz. So down with the ball and chain of 20-hour workdays and piles of debt. Make some money. Fix and grow your own extraordinary business. And until next time, this is Ellen. I wish you love, peace, prosperity, and freedom.